Hello, and welcome to the Park Baptist Church Podcast. Our goal is to preach the Word of God in a real and authentic way, so you are filled with the Spirit to guide you through life each and every week. To learn more about Park Baptist Church, visit parkbaptist.com. From uh, Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 25. And behold, a lawyer stood up to put him to the test, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Jesus replied, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell among robbers, who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him he passed on the other side. So likewise a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he journeyed, came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. He went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring, an oil, pouring on oil and wine. Then he set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave, it to the and gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him. And whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell among the robbers? He said, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said to him, you go and do likewise. Good morning. What a privilege. Hey, Christ and I had in teaching Jesus to these kids. I had two blessings. One was to teach Jesus, and the other one was to watch Peggy teach. I think that is absolutely amazing. And, <laughs> and these children have good theology. And we have stressed that they need to be baptized. So, Pastor... Don't be surprised if you get a call with 15 of them saying, I want to be baptized. That is just nothing but cool beans. A short story before we get started. A little boy come in to his mother, said, um, come in to his mother and said, what is butt dust? <laughs> she said, I don't know. Where did you hear it? He said, Pastor David. <laughs> he said, when we die, we're just butt dust. <laughs> so if you don't get anything else out of this, you know what butt dust is. <laughs> it's our belief that we don't do anything of importance without going to God and asking for his blessing. May the words of my mouth... May the meditation of your hearts be truly acceptable unto 
Almighty God. It's in his precious name that we pray. Amen. Ravi Zacharias writes that there are four burning questions that plagues mankind since the very beginning. And we're going to address those four burning questions this morning. And rest easy, rest assured that our Bible answers each one of them. The first one is origin. Where did we come from? The Bible is very explicit about that. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was void and without form. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep and said, let there be light. And there was light. Now, I think it's kind of interesting, uh, the fact that the scientists with the Big Bang Theory uh, indicates that in the beginning, there was light. In verse 14, we find out then there was stars. So, my brothers and sisters, we don't have to defend this Bible. The scientists are doing it for us. Amen? Um, some would say, uh, you know, there are no monkeys in our origin. I have met some people that I wondered maybe the DNA would... Um, some would say, well, the first three chapters of Genesis is, is poems, so I'm going to leave that out. Oh, my friends, that's very dangerous, because if you leave them out, what's to say that you can't leave out Matthew 1, 2, and 3? Some say that Adam and Eve were two tribes. Adam was one tribe, Eve was the other tribe. And as my pastor has often said to me, where do you find that in the Bible? That's a good answer. So we know origin. We come from a parent, Adam and Eve. The next burning question is purpose. What's my purpose in life? You ever asked yourself that question? Purpose. Mark Twain said there are two important dates in a one's life, the day that you were born and the day that you find out why. That is purpose. I want to digress here just a little to uh, give a testimony. I want to tell you that I am not boasting of myself. The Bible says if you must boast, boast only in the Lord. I understand that. Some years back, Leland Kelly asked if I would join the auxiliary, the hospital auxiliary. I said yes. And uh, about a year later, what, at that particular time, we were manning the desk out in front. On Christmas Eve morning, the person was sick, and they called me to come in. Now, I was a grumbler. Do you know what a grumbler is? Jesus talks about grumblers a lot. Not in a good sense. I was saying things under my breath of, oh my gosh, I don't want to go in on Christmas Eve morning. Number one, there won't be anybody there. About 10.30, a person come out of the OR, and they said, would you come in and have prayer with one of our patients? And I said, yes. 
over time, through those prayers, he came to Jesus. So don't be a grumbler. Everything has a place, and God has a purpose for each one of us. This person later on said, you know what you've done for me. Why don't you do for other people in the hospital? So I went to Phil Hamilton and I said, you got a place for me? He said, we do. We're going to call you chaplain. And through that Park Baptist Church now has a, a South Campus at that hospital. And this is why. Um, Phil Hamilton said, have you ever thought about giving communion to our staff? I said, no. Do you see how God works? I was a leaf in the wind. I, it was just one of those things. So we started doing communion every Wednesday. Um, we do about 25 each week. Last year, we did 1,200 people communion. And that was because of your generation, generosity, maybe your generation too, uh, because you're paying for the communion. God works wonders. It's like my salvation. I had nothing to do with my salvation. Somebody says, well, you could have said no. Do you really think so? If Pharaoh's heart was hardened, do you really think that I could have turned him down? No. This is my purpose, and I got to see it. I would ask that you look around. See what purpose that you have with God. Read scripture. Pray a lot. Say, God, you know, wherever you can use me. I always say, God, give me a sign, but you're going to have to give me a big sign because I don't read signs very well. But that's absolutely true. You know, watch around you, observe around you, see where God is pointing you. The third burning question is morality. What's good and what's bad? Now, in Exodus, we are given King Commandments. Four of them address uh, the uh, relationship with our God. Six of them address the relationship with each other. In fact, our Lord, uh, one of the scribes said, what must I do? What must I do to obtain eternal life? There are two commandments that our Lord gives. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, with all your might. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is likened to it. To love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and all the prophets. He also gave us something called John 3.16. Let's say that together. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not die, but have everlasting life. And I was incorrect in saying die, and you were correct in saying perish. Uh, morality. What's good? 
what's evil. If we didn't have these 66 books of the Bible, how would we be able to tell what's good? What's evil? The fourth burning question is destiny. What happens when we die? Job said, if a man die, yet shall he live? And then later on, he answers that question with, I will appear before my God in flesh. I serve a risen Savior. My Savior redeemeth. Destiny. What happens when you die? Well, we know that you come butt dust. <laughs> I was really trying to work that in somewhere. <laughs> um, destiny. What happens when you, we die? Now, I'm reading a book of, by John MacArthur, who uh, is 27 pieces of scripture that have to do with what happens when my baby dies. Two months ago, I had a baby funeral. Um, it was my second one in 20 years. I wish that I would have had this book. John MacArthur says, at the point of conception, it becomes a person. And it has a soul and it has a purpose. At the moment of conception, these things happen. Now, below the age of accountability, that baby doesn't have to be baptized. That, that baby will immediately, I say again, immediately go into the safe arms of God. And we will see that baby. What's the age of accountability? I don't know. It differs from one to one, but God does. So if you've had one of these very, very sad, unfortunate times, know that you will see that baby again. Um, precious Lord, uh, we give thanks for these four. Now, let me tell you a story. I don't want to be a Baptist here and talk for an hour. <laughs> uh, we read, Aiden read uh, the uh, Good Samaritan. Haven't we heard that story a lot? That's probably the most well-known story inside Christianity and outside Christianity. I saw in, on TV, on the news for the last two months, I've heard about, well, he was a good Samaritan. He did this or he did that. He's a good Samaritan. Christ tells about 40 parables. Almost all of them have to do with eternal life and salvation. I didn't realize that, but that's the connection that Jesus always tells parables. What is a parable? Well, it's taking something that you know and helps you understand something that you don't know. Our Lord was a he was masterful in these. 
a good Samaritan. Let's, let's run through that story for just a minute. There was a man who um, left Jerusalem, which is 2,500 foot above the sea level, going to Jericho, which is 900 feet below the sea level. It's a curve and windy road. There's places where bandits can hide out. A priest comes along, and the priest sees him and gets on the other side of the road. See, for some reason or other, Jews, uh, they, they have a real fear of death. If you don't have Christ, you should have a real fear of death. That's why they paint the uh, gravestones white, so that you wouldn't bump into them. Isn't that crazy? But he passes on the other side of the road, and somebody says, well, he didn't want to soil himself, become unclean, because he had to get uh, to uh, a synagogue someplace. My friends, he's going the wrong way. He's going from Jerusalem to Jericho. Then there was a Levite. He also looked at the man, feared that if he touched him, he might be dead and he would be unclean. He went to the other side. Then there was a Samaritan. And the Samaritan took pity on him. He took the wine, took the oil, he cleaned him up, and he put him on his donkey. And he took him to the inn. He, give his, he gives him two demerio. Now, what does the room cost? They say one thirty-second of a demerio will pay for a room for one night. He paid for 60 days for this man and said, if you spend more, do it. <sighs> Wonderful story. It shows kindness. It shows that a redistribution of wealth, even some socialism. But my friends, that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is this scribe asks, what must I do for eternal life? And Jesus said, well, let me tell you a story. And he tells the story that we just heard. What you have to do, if you think that you can get there by yourself, you have to take someone who you absolutely hate and you do things for that person all day long, every day, every hour. If you think you're good enough to go to heaven because of your works, Jesus said, hey, ain't no way. You can't do this. It's, it's just not human to take someone's enemy, fierce enemy, and do things for them every day, every hour, every minute. So what Jesus was saying is, you better find some other way to get there. Now we know that there is only one way. And don't buy into this baloney of, well, there are many roads that lead there. Baloney. There is only one true way to have eternal life in heaven. 
And that's with the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen.